the Board Chat Podcast. Sponsored by the Berlin Tourism Board. This is the Port Chat Podcast. And now your hosts, James Cave, Nick Cave, Dan Hayes, Dan Bond, Mike Rimmer, and Noel Warham. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to episode 21 of the Port Chat Podcast. We'll be talking this week about our 4-0 win against Charnock Richard in the Lancashire Senior Cup. Uh, Lancashire Junior Cup, sorry. We're not that big. Uh, And also our 1-0 loss to Mercedes F1, oh no, no, Brackley Town uh, Football Club. This um, podcast actually gets an average attendance of a 1,000 listeners a week, which is phenomenal. We never thought this podcast would get anywhere near that. So thank you so much for listening every week. Or if this is your first time listening, welcome along. Hope you enjoy. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a thrilling encounter. Uh, we'll also be talking about maybe a certain little Q&A that happened this week. And as well as that, we've got a home tie to talk about against Blythe on Tuesday night. Now, we've not got a game on Saturday. So as well as normally asking you where you've been this week, I'm going to ask you what you're doing on Saturday because Southport don't have a game as well. So I'll start with Noel. This Saturday, well, I'm off on my travels again. This Saturday, oh really? Uh, I'm off. I'm off to that there, London again, uh, and I will be watching England versus La Belle France, uh, so in the Six Nations. So I'm um, I'm off down Friday night. Uh, meet up with the guys. Um, obviously, I'll have my uh, jeans and brown and brogues ready to send you a photo because obviously I've got to blend in. Uh, then yeah, um, day at the rugby on Saturday. Then early train back, ready for the ladies' game. That's my level of commitment. I come back early for the ladies' game. But yes, so that's what I will be doing with my Saturday. Let's hope the train is not a nightmare like it was last time you went to London to watch a sporting event. And uh, yeah, that wasn't very good. I'm going to go to Dan Hayes. How are we, sir? I'm not so bad, thank you. I am off to Burnley on Saturday. Dingley Dell. Dingley Dell. Is it your first visit? First visit to Turf Moor, so good opportunity to tick another ground off. Fantastic. Nick? Um, oh, well, I think the mother-in-law is having the kids on Saturday and overnight. So um, me and Mr. Cave were considering uh, going out for something to eat, maybe. We've got a voucher for the Castori that we got for Christmas. So we might be uh, going to have a curry. Don't know what we're doing the day, though. We're open to any suggestions. If anyone's got anywhere interested, we could go and check out locally. Get the footballogy out. Get the footballogy out. Marine at home to Geisley, so good, 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 good chance to go and see friend of the pod Cam Mason in action. Yeah, what about Bursco? What about Bursco? Are they at home? Bursco that... at home as well. That, that's a great show. little trip out. Mm. I do Plenty like of... going to Marine actually. Um, I think that could be that'd be a good option. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll let you know where we end up. Fantastic, Mike. Any plans? Yeah, I, I do have the footballogy app out at the moment. I'm ready. Uh, as per usual, I'm trying to get a super amount of football matches in uh, while extremely busy as well. So I'm doing crew against Salford on the Friday night next week before heading down to deepest, darkest, Wiltshire, Berkshire, wherever Forest Green is, that mystical Berkshire. land of Forest Green. Ooh, Berkshire, there we go. Sorry, uh, uh, it is Gloucestershire, but I was just correcting his pronunciation. Oh, isn't, right. Isn't Berkshire like 150 <laughs> miles away? We'll never have guessed you're a teacher. Isn't Berkshire like Reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. I, I, I passed GCSE geography a long time ago. I did not know anything. <laughs> you plan trains for a living, man? Good, this is the man who said... Not in Berkshire, though. Is this one of the trains with the trains. Yeah. Is suddenly, the trains work? <laughs> suddenly, it all becomes clear. Mike, this causes confusion and delay. Confusion and delay. Uh, Jay, I'm going to ask you, but I'm guessing your plans are probably quite similar. I, I refer you to head officer's earlier answer. I mean, hey, you don't have to come with me if you hey. don't want. Feel free, make your own fun. But, it you was know, technically that's... my Christmas present, that voucher. So oh, I'm sorry, oh, I could go with you. Oh, it's like, that is it? All right, then, fine. You take your voucher and I'll do something else. No, that's fine. Bond, just... fancy the I'm, Castorian. I'm to... This hey, Castorian hey, of the week. Hey. <laughs> After the Everton game, yes, it's a very Guys, good shout. I'm used to rejection. 
It's fine. Oh, I can take oh, it. You still. Oh. Oh. It's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> I mean, if I'm hosting, it's already it's already a car crash. You know, you know, we're not you know covering mm. ourselves in glory. I'm going to watch Everton. Hopefully, not lose again. If we don't lose, it's a win. Uh, well, it's not a win, but it, it's better than losing. Is the uh, <laughs> that's have... explaining how football works. Yeah, <laughs> just for, just for if you're new to the podcast, I'll explain how football usually works. Uh, right, last week we ran a competition. We ran a competition for the first time ever. Dan, we had a mystery self up player. Did anyone get it right? And yeah, we did. There was there was a, there was a few that got it right. So I'll, I'll run you through the clues. So this is a new feature where we guess the mystery sound grounder. We give three clues to the identity of who they are, and you can send in your guesses. So last week the first clue was as a youth player, he spent time with two Premier League winning clubs. And those clubs were Manchester City and Blackburn Rovers. Number two was he holds a dual citizenship, and that was Nigeria and Britain. And number three, he spent five years playing in higher tiers in a major European country. And that was um, Bundesliga two side Hallischer, then FC Kaiserslautern, and then short spells with Ingolstadt and Ersingen before that's returning er, to that's England. Erster FC Kaiserslautern to give them their full name. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, teacher. Um, and returned to England and signed for Halifax. And the answer was Yaman Asawi. So well done to everybody who got that right. There was quite a few that got that right. And I will contact one of you uh, via private message uh, to, to make arrangements for you to collect your prize. Now, we're not going to give a prize away every week, but we are going to do the Mystery Sangrana because I think it went down quite well. So I'll give you this week's clues. So these, this week's three clues are number one, as an international footballer, he holds a unique record for his country that can never be beaten. Number two, in a major domestic cup competition, he also holds two unique records, neither of which to date have been beaten. And number three, he is so revered by one of his former clubs that there is a statue outside of the ground. Nathan Lowe. <laughs> I know who this is. I'm pretty dumb. I'm pretty confident I know who this is. I think a lot of people will get this one. Um, we'll post the clues as normal in a lot topic on the forum, just to remind you, and I'll give you another refresher before the end of the pod. Uh, send in your best guesses via private message, direct message um on the Twitter page, or even via email as well. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to work out from the clue. Uh the, the, the this one of his former clubs has a statue outside the ground. That's uh Steve McKendy. Cam Mason. I th- I thought it was um, I I thought it was um, Mo Ali. You know, they'd be dancing in the streets of Mogadishu or something like that. Right, we had a game to talk about. We had two games to talk about this week. The first one was in the Lancashire Junior Trophy, the Lancashire Junior Cup. We had Charnock Richard uh, on Tuesday night at home. We were the four nil victors from this game with goals from Tyler Walton, Jordan Archer, Josh Miles, and. Chris Doyle, who's some sort of PK, sort of Sergio Ramos character, he's popping up with all these goals. Um, who went, and what did we think? Um, I went. Uh, wasn't planning to, but met up with some fans pre-match and ended up uh, going along for the ride. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, it was a decent turnout actually. For a it was a bit of a chilly chilly evening. Um. Good to see some faces there. Nice food from the farmhouse. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, really, really nice. Um, uh, and you know, it was a game. It was a game you, you expect to win. To be honest, let's let's not. No disrespect to the uh, the opponents, but you know, it's a game we should have been winning. We should have been winning strongly, and you, you kind of we you hoped that it would be a bit of a confidence uh, boost for the team going into into the weekend. Um, that that Tyler Walton. Uh, goal was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, sublime. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah, okay, so you can't really beat that. Um, obviously he was he was subbed off at half time. Obviously, we think it was kind of precautionary. Um, yeah, I think you think it. Yeah, we were now in the semi final. Now are we semi final? If we I got next, so. uh, I had heard it was Ashton Athletic, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, someone said it was Ashton Athletic. Athletic. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, um, and is our is our final at Leyland this year? Are we Leyland? 
Semi-finals, oh, definitely. Semis and finals. Semis oh, and finals, I think. That's, disapp- that's disappointing, that. I mean, it like, is, we, we know a good pub in Leyland now, so that, you know, that's fine. We can recommend a good pub. But, yeah, it is a bit disappointing. You're kind of like, you know, it's with the year that they had it at, at Bolton, and, yeah, that's great, but you think, hmm. We've had it in Deepdale before as well, when we played more. Yeah. Deepdale was great. Yeah. Um, there was two changes from this uh, fixture from our 1-0 defeat. To Hereford, the Saturday before... Um, Connor Heath and Toby Carberry came in for Charlie Munro and John Archer. Uh, John March did come on, but went looked to go off injured towards the end, sort of a bit of a question mark, and obviously didn't play against Brackley. Um, talking points from this game, uh, one of our friends of the pod, uh, well, not really a friend of the pod, sort of, you'll have to cut, no, I'm not saying it, because you'll have to cut it, and I can't be making you bother doing work. Um one of our friends of the pod, Dave McNamara, who obviously got banned for rock, paper, scissors for 21, uh, 21 days, I think it might have been, um, for doing rock, paper, scissors instead of doing a coin toss for a game of football, was refereeing. Nice to see him again. Uh, didn't latch on to me doing rock, paper, scissors gestures at him and things like that during the game. So that's probably why we didn't get any poor decisions like like we did at Blythe. So good to see him. Uh it was also interesting, I thought, as a bit of a talking point, that I know Liam mentioned in his post-match after Hereford that he wanted to get, he wanted to keep going with Archie, he must give time to Archie to gain confidence, but he must find a way to get Josh Miles into the starting eleven. I thought it was interesting that neither of them started. I thought that was a bit bit odd. I don't know if he was trying to rest them for the Saturday game um, or that, what the plan was, but yeah, I thought that was a bit... Yeah, it's a bit unusual. I suppose they're the sort of games that you expect that if you if you've got a kind of a young um, player that you want to give a bit of confidence to and get get some game time, that they're they're the ones that you do it in you know traditionally. But um, like why Josh Miles isn't starting is as much as a puzzle to me as it is to everybody else, I imagine. Yeah, I also I also obviously noticed that Tyler Walton did go off uh, at half time. I think that might have been precautionary because he did obviously he was okay because he started against um, Brackley on the Saturday, so that was good. Uh, Archer got his goal, which has been a long time coming since Jordan Archer scored, so great thing to be back on the score sheet this game. Uh, Bainbridge was booked, but I know I know he mentioned his suspension away, but as we discussed last week, uh, I don't think that means he gets suspended in the league. Uh, I don't think that booking counts towards his... Oh, no, it does. Oh, it oh, does, does it? count towards it. Yeah, you can't so, use the county cup as a, a game to use your suspension up in, but if you get booked in right. it, it does count towards it. But I think it's seven days before the suspension kicked in. So we're about Bainbridge on Tuesday. And and post, quite well, possibly. Uh, that's a bit, yeah. Uh, well, so we see, yeah, Josh Miles got his goal, got his first Apple goal. Great to see. Uh, fantastic to see. It was a great composed finish. Uh, from Josh Miles, uh, and I thought he, when he came on, another impact. He just was fantastic. Uh, also, Chris Doyle scored again. Some sort of, as mentioned, Sergio Ramos sort of reserve, you know, resemblance there to, to him. Uh, third highest goal scorer in the team this season. Um, I know that he scored a lot of goals last season. Uh, Doug Farm and Adam Anson scored a lot of goals, but I don't think they scored the third most. Uh, but Fair play to Chris Doyle, and uh, just like to say to the Charnock Richard fans, thank you for coming along, and I wish you best uh, for the rest of your season, guys. Uh, I thought you were excellent. Um, yeah, they were a really friendly know. bunch, actually. Yeah. They really were. So, yeah, good good fans. But then, you know, the weekend came along, and I wasn't on uh, the mission to uh, Rackley, but you guys were, weren't you? Yeah, myself and Mike decided to uh, do our journey to the Mercedes Formula One HQ to leak some information across the Christian Horner and Max Verstappen to help them win this year's title. I know that'll piss a lot of people off on this podcast, so I've said that. Uh, Mike, how did we find it? How did we find the day out first of all? And how did we yeah, find should... the game? Let's start on the positive then. So the day out was obviously absolutely fantastic, as it always is. Love a Southport away trip minus the 90 minutes between about three o'clock and about, uh, just before five o'clock. But yeah, it, it was a good trip. Obviously, I'm lucky enough that I live in Birmingham at the moment, so it was a nice, easy train. About half ten, I, I left. I was back for eight o'clock, and then went to the pub afterwards as well. So I, I had a great day. I didn't have to trek all the way back uh, to Southport, which was good. 
Uh, lovely pub in Banbury as well, which we uh, had, had a couple mm. of pints with. Really good. So if you're heading to Banbury or Brackley away, season, question mark, question mark, question mark, and if we're in this league still, um, or they are, for one of a better term as well, with Brackley, recommend the Bell just uh, across from the station, about a five-minute walk away. Yeah, definitely. Really, enjoy, really enjoyed it. Really friendly really friendly um, pub and then obviously the grounds the bar and everything there was was fantastic good to see a good number of Southport fans getting down um, to Northamptonshire I'll get the uh, I'll get the county correct this time that's you pronounce it right as well um, as for the <laughs> actual game I mean it's one of them because I feel like this this one given our current let's be brutal about it quite poor runner former on um they're third in the league. They've lost two away from home. The last two away from home, but they haven't lost at home since the twentieth of August. At the end of the day, they are really, really strong at home. Didn't really expect to get anything. As we said last week, it was always going to be a, a one or a two nil or something like that. And that's why it ends up being a one a one nil defeat. There are a lot of positives to take out. I mean, on 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 the back of that, someone who's just seen the result will go right. That's another loss. That's four losses in the league in a row, etc., etc., etc. But the performance was quite good. We were strong, settled defensively. We made it very tough for Brackley to have any space. Um, they, they, speaking to Brackley fans afterwards, they said they thought they were quite poor. They were getting very frustrated, um, even getting towards the last couple of minutes. I mean, they, they were really dying for that final whistle to come because they, they were concerned. They were worried uh, about about um, the team they were facing because we, we did play fairly well. It's just so unfortunate, really, that we had two absolutely clear chances to score and annoyingly we were sort of our own downfall I mean one of them was nearly an own goal um, where the um, Brackley defender had tried to head it back to his goalkeeper made an absolutely fantastic save and then the second one Josh Miles takes on his man great uh, great turn of pace great run great shots and then now Watson manages to block it off our own line which is I'm not sure how he managed to do that but um I think the goalkeeper will be fairly thankful he was there because uh, that should have really been an equaliser. Whether we we definitely didn't deserve to win the game, but I feel like we we can we can feel a bit aggrieved that we haven't um, we haven't come away with at least a point out of that one. And I mean, Brackley away for me, obviously consistently one of the best teams in this league, always up top three for what last five five plus seasons, definitely since we've been back in the National League North, we have, and. Um, yeah, it, it would have been it would have been really good to get a goal there, give us something to cheer about. Um, but unfortunately, wasn't to be. And it's it's not a season's final game. I don't think. I think when we come on to talk about them in the next couple of weeks, the three home games we've got coming up against sides below us in the league um, are far more important. But it, it was just a very disappointing in the end. I think again, we talked about it so many times. We just don't seem to have that clear cut striker at the moment. One who can reliably put the ball in the back of the net when they get a chance. They only need one chance a game. It goes in. If we had someone clinical, we, we'd, be in a, we'd be in a much better position, I think. I mean, it's, it's just very unfortunate that it hasn't really uh, gone that way. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a bit unfortunate. I think I think if you're going into the game, I would have took a draw, uh, taking a point yeah, away yeah. from that one. Uh, but wasn't wasn't to be. Uh, I didn't think we were too bad. But I also thought we just liked going forward. Um, and I feel like a broken record because I feel like we said this, say this every week on this podcast. Um, but obviously we know the situation. We know um, that's hard as to get. We know we've got players that are just out of form. Um, and obviously we know that Jordan is going to be injured for about six weeks uh, with a hamstring injury. So we'll have to wait and see um, what the situation is with that one. Uh, I actually thought the day was day out was fantastic again. Pleasure to be with Mike. Pleasure to be with a few other people as well. Uh, on the day, I think the whole of uh, I think the whole of Southport's Twitter knows that um, knows that you had a good day out because every every tweet seems to have a reply from video with your face in the middle of it or a picture. To be honest, <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I did quite like the Brackley Bar to be fair, um, but oh, yeah. it's a lovely bar. Lovely. And also, if you want to know what uh, a good combination, if you have a bottle of Prime and you pour some pink hooch into it. It's a banging combination. Revelation, yes. And that is, you know, we give we give all this advice on this podcast, all this, you know, feedback and all this sort of constructive criticism on this podcast. But that is the biggest bit of advice I've got for you. That's a, can, can a you take, just, I'm, I'm, 
Sorry, you just need we just need to apologise to any listener who's coming. I'm sorry. I'm Ooh, sorry. A really yeah. a, a nice, educated, professionally made podcast about Southport Football Club. Skip through to about twenty minutes in. And What's that? Grains of sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen to that if you don't want to listen to about inclusion. You are professional. Or what? What cans and Marks and Spencers not to get? What cocktail cans not to get as well on the advice and and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I left my house at half seven. Uh, well, I left my house at half seven. Um, got the train at half seven. I didn't go until 12 o'clock. I was absolutely knackered. Uh, but a, a great day out yourself. But I'll always be there. I'll always be supporting the team. No matter what the situation is on or off the pitch. I'll, that's I'll the most important thing. And that's the, that's and the you know what? We, are, we know we all go. We all love going. Um, so we don't win ever. We don't expect to win every week. And that's not the reason uh, we go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, right then, I think... And we finished. I think it's time to move on to maybe the news. You're listening to the Port Chat Podcast. This is the most up-to-date news. And now we go to our correspondent, the official news check, Nick Kane. This is the Port Chat News. So, got a, quite a bit of news uh, today for you. Uh, starting off with Magnus Norman. Um, he's been named in the England seaside. Uh, Magnus was a goalkeeper on loan at Port, 16-17 uh, season, made 23 appearances for the club, and he was on loan uh, from Fulham at the time. So, congratulations to Magnus. It's really great to see uh, players uh, that have sort of uh, graced the Haygav pitch then getting called up to greater things. Speaking of player news, uh, Dylan Vassallo's loan at Warrington Rylands has now ended. Although we believe, according to uh, reports by Stephen Killen, that there, uh, he has got an injury now. We're not clear on uh, how long that's going to see him out for and what type of in- injury it is. Although there's indication it could, could just be a week and then he's uh, he'll be returning to the fold. So it'd be nice to see Dylan again. You know, we we do need the uh, the extra legs, I think. So it'll be it'll be handy to have another one uh, in the squad. I've already touched on it earlier this evening, but um, we are through to the semi-final of the Lancashire Cup, uh, which will be at Leyland, uh, held on Wednesday the 29th of March, and that is against Ashton Athletic. Uh, we are also through to the semi-final of the Liverpool Senior Cup and that's going to be away to Marine. The date for that match has not been uh, decided yet, so keep your eyes peeled for that news. Um, away from football, though, uh, big congratulations. Southport uh, Rugby FC's Amy Dale has been called up to the England Under-20 squad. Uh, her dad, Mike, is a director um, of rugby at Southport Rugby Football Club. Uh, massive congratulations to Amy. I'm sure Mike and the rest of the family are really, really proud of her and we'll we'll all be rooting for her. So well done, Amy. Well done, Amy. Well done, Amy. Fantastic, Amy. Superb. Uh, and then I suppose on to the biggest piece of news from this week. Uh, there was a QA and a um, video released uh, by the club uh, where Liam and Ian addressed questions sent in by fans and there's been a subsequent uh, written Q&A response for the questions that they didn't have time to address on that sub 40 minute Zoom call. So, um, yeah, where do we want to start with this? I think I think we need to kind of have a little bit of chat about some of the points that were raised. And does anyone want to kick us off about this Q&A? Like what is there anything that anyone thought in the Q&A? And obviously there was a, a written answer sheet that's just really released today with some questions that didn't get asked. What do we think? Who wants to go first to this one? I think it was I think it didn't really tell us an awful lot that we didn't already know in in the sense that you know we it clarified a few things we talked on the on the pod about um we were interested to to know uh just how much the club had been had been fined by the FA uh, obviously they they made many references to to fan behavior and and fines so you know to have that confirmation that that actually the club hasn't received a fine from from the FA um was interesting beyond that you know we you know we knew there were there were issues um it, it was it was disappointing it, it, you know, the whole feel of it was very um very depressing it was very low 
energy um so to get that feel that you know we talk about lack of drive we talked about lack of plans uh here on the pod and and it was kind of just confirmed that that you know the whole feel was there is no there isn't really the drive there they haven't really got the plan beyond survival surviving the season um and and to kind of almost admit you know that the that promotion isn't isn't what they're looking for at the moment, you know, due to due to financial restraint. It, it kind of does does make you question why why you why you're trolling your way why down you to yeah. Brackley. Yeah. yeah, that's my that's my personal take of it. I was I was a bit like I knew the situation wasn't good. We we all knew that. We all, I'm sure there's many people that would listen knew the situation in the club financially was not good. But to sort of put that out for me personally, it made me go. What is the point in going? Now I I go every week and I still will go every week. But to people that are like on the border, it's gonna make them go, well, what's the point? Because they don't want to go anywhere and all that. Uh, which is a bit disappointing because I feel like we should be sort of thriving people to go. And like Tuesday's a massive game. We need to be rallying people to go. Like it's a six pointer. And- I mean that the the whole tone the whole tone of it didn't inspire. I mean, if no. I was a, if I was someone that had an investor and and wanted them to get involved in the in the club, um, I, I, would you would you really want would you want to join that that very low ebb downbeat team at the moment? Like I say to team, I mean the the board. It didn't it didn't come across as a kind of a a, a group I'd be wanting to kind of go on board with. There was no kind of hype. There was no energy. I know it. I know it's tough, but you still got to sell it. You still got to sell the dream. One of Charlie Clapham's main um, criticism, one of the criticisms of of Charlie, was that he you know he didn't have any drive. That there was no ambition, lack of ambition. Um, but I don't think he ever came out and said that he didn't want to get promoted. Credit to Ian and Liam for doing it. Yeah, because look, it's 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 not easy to come out and I think be as brutally honest as that. I I, I agree with the assessments of everyone else. It, it it painted a pretty bleak picture, and. While he didn't say anything that that most of us weren't already aware of, to to hear everything put like that all at once was was difficult to listen to, but I'm sure it was much more difficult to say. Um, so credit to them for doing it. I think we need to do more of it. I know that there was a uh, the, there's a sort of hesitancy of doing that, and I totally understand Ian's reasons, but I think it was positive to at least come out and talk about the issues that we're facing. And I know sometimes communicating with fans is difficult, but it is part of the job and it's got to be done. So fair play on that front. I do come back to still what I said last week, and Nick's alluded to it, is that even though there are massive difficulties at this football club, there still needs to be some sort of positive message that people can resonate with and engage with. And we need to find that pretty quickly okay if we're struggling to progress I, I i i can understand that i understand finances are tight but we've we've got to find something positive soon um so i i i get it myself. i i wish there had been more there that we could have been positive about because i think finding something that was positive and that was quite difficult i yeah. think the one thing that i thought that was positive in it but it wasn't really discussed was when he said that um there were a higher number of concessions in in terms of people coming into the ground, so it was. I've got no problem with him with Ian stating that um, gate receipts are down because if they if they're down, they're down. You know, but we've we've spoke before about say attendances are up, so you can draw you know one of a couple of conclusions from that. It's either we've got a lot more older supporters going all of a sudden, or we've got a lot more younger supporters going all of a sudden, and you only have to listen to know that it's the latter. There's a lot of young supporters there, and I think that's a really positive thing. But it to me, it just says that as a club, our demographic has changed over the last ten years or so, and maybe if we have got some younger supporters there, then perhaps we need to engage with them differently to to how we've engaged with people in the past. I'm not sure I know the answer in terms of how you engage with them, but I'm sure there's plenty of people around the town that that can help with that. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, yes, I had an involvement with the juniors um, and the community teams, but I think they're probably better placed than me um, around that can help engage with youngsters. Um, but I think that's a big positive, and I think it's something that as a club we need to sort of embrace, really. Um, 
and I, and I hope that, and I've made the, I, I, I put a couple of long posts on porch. I'm kind of bored myself writing them that I hope that people will stop and think about pointing fingers about uh, the youngsters in terms of the way that they behave, because everybody expresses their passion differently, uh, differently. And just because some of the youngsters perhaps express their passion in a different way to you and I would, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong. You know, that, that it might be, you'd might consider it immature the way that they express themselves perhaps, but at least they're bothered. Uh, and, and to me, you know that I'm just pleased that we've actually got people who do actually care enough to to express any opinion. Um, when when you get no feedback, when you get no opinions from people, that's when you know you've got a problem as a club because it means apathy's setting, and it hasn't yet. We, people do care, so they might be sharing opinions that you don't necessarily agree with, but you don't have to, and you don't have to like who's saying them either. I'm sure there's plenty of people who don't like me. I'm not bothered. I'm. I'm passionate about the football club. I, 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 you know, I've been I've been watching the football club for thirty years now, um, so I, I'd like to think that people will stop pointing fingers at the young group and actually see that they might be the root out of our problems. I think the first thing for me to say is it was a positive step, if nothing else, to get that dialogue and that communication, that engagement between the board and the fans up and up and running again. Um, I do agree. Obviously, a lot of it was quite negative by you know by nature because that is the situation that not just ourselves but a lot of football clubs find themselves in that is unfortunately the state of the nation at the moment and um there's a lot of people a lot of businesses a lot of individuals struggling in that um it, i was most interested um to hear the comments made about um obviously there have been rumblings and i know there have been moves in some quarters to revive trust in yellow and the potential role that the trust could play and the comments that both Liam and Ian made about supporter representation on the board because that and Nicola is definitely the best person to talk about this that can be a very much a double-edged sword in my opinion on the one hand yes it can be a good thing that we have um, a supporter or supporters organization represented on the board and part of the decision-making process however the flip side of that is if, for example, it was a trusting yellow seat on the board, say, for example, the problem is that it becomes very difficult for the trust become to remain objective and independent, able to be the critical friend, which every single institution like Southport Football Club needs. So, Nick, I'd like you, I'd love your thoughts on this. I, it was it was encouraging, first of all, to hear that notion raised by Ian and by Liam and repeatedly I thought I thought that in itself was probably one of the biggest positives I took out of it that that was something they were willing to to consider and look at but obviously there's a lot of question about how that'd be done but I think obviously you know as I say the ramifications on on who that would be and how that would be do need some careful consideration yeah, and it's something that crops up quite a lot um, that we see uh, across yeah. uh, fan engagement you know, models that are um, sort of tried and tested um, and some work, some don't. Um, one of the things that concerned me about the way it was talked about in the Q&A was almost as if an individual would be selected by the club to uh, fulfil that kind of that role. Um, and I, I didn't sit kind of particularly mm. uh, well with myself because... It, traditionally, if you are going to have a fan elected director, the, the, the kind of a clue is in the name. It's it's someone, a representative that is elected by the fans to represent 100%. them, not selected by the club because the, the club have decided it's going to be that person. Um, and like you say, yeah, this this model, it, some clubs, it works brilliantly. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a difficult sort of position. You've got to remember when you're sat uh, as the fan elected director on the club board that you do have some legal responsibilities as a director to the club. You also then have responsibilities, legal responsibilities as a director of the trust board as well because you would usually select somebody or elect somebody from the the trust board to, to into into that kind of role um and over the years uh kind of developed other kind of methods that sort of, sort of um have better engagement um than having a, a kind of an elected person or a or a selected person sitting as a director, which is why we came up with where we structured in uh, dialogue, uh, which was implemented and has been implemented uh, in the Premier League and the EFL rule books, where uh, supporter representatives, um, usually you use supporters trusts, a couple of members of the board or selected members would meet with the um, 
the football club um, representatives, either of the board or, or sort of higher up staff, and talk about um, high level issues around finance, um, ownership, um, direction of the club and that sort of thing. And, and this kind of there's an existing framework to show that. Uh, how that structured dialogue works and that in a way has been a lot more successful because then it removes that that kind of tussle of who am I representing at this point and removes that the that potential that somebody who is selected to be in that role or elected to be in that role could be then seen by either side as uh, being biased or you know it's a difficult one to, to master. So, yeah, I think it was good that the club are happy to look at engagement, but it needs mm. to be a model that isn't just um, uh, lip service um, and is a genuine attempt at engagement. I think the point that you make, Nick, as well, about how that person is selected is is really crucial as well. Um, as you quite rightly say, if it's going to be someone who represents the fans, whether that's ever a representative of a supporters trust or just a general fan representation, then I think it needs to be someone who is selected by the fans rather than the club. Um, in in order, number one, it's got to be someone who all fans will engage with and who, who they will respect and, and to get the most out, you know, to benefit all parties really, to get the most, if they, it's a move that they're going to make, it's got to be something which is actually going to be done the right way. Um, yeah, and, and, and you put in me, enormous it's got amount. to be, yeah. But so yeah, you put in an well, almost enormous amount of pressure on one individual in that sense, which is when my preference is around that kind of structured dialogue where it is a, you know, it, it, it's the responsibility of a, a group of fans, be it trust or whoever, to to have, you know, on rotation almost people that meet with the club at regular intervals, rather than one singular individual that is suddenly thrust probably in a voluntary position into this, you know, um, conduit, this messenger between fans and club in what actually, let's be honest, is a a little bit of a, a powder keg sort of situation at the moment with uh, between between the fans and the club. I, I, I agree with all that. One want to come back to to, to Nick too on. Um I, I again I, I think it should be applauded that that Liam and Ian are are genu- generally satisfied to welcome a fan representative on the board. Um, you know, if TI sorts themselves out or, or, or however that arrangement worked. Um, I mean, it's worth pointing out, as you've, as you've already alluded to, I, I, but you could go more into specifics or, or whatever, in clubs where this has happened, where there has been an elected supporter representative from a democratic body, like Trust in Yellow was or, or, or will be again, or I, I don't know, I'm not involved in that, Um one of the primary responsibilities, if not the primary responsibility, does then become to the legal entity of the football club. So that doesn't necessarily mean that any fan representative who goes onto that board will just be able to come out and spill all the company secrets or will be able to tell you everything that's going on. And I'm aware that at several clubs, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say one that immediately comes to mind is Carlisle, where... Um, that has become a real thorny issue because the supporters have expectations that this fan representative is going to come and spill all the beans and tell them everything that's going on. And the supporter in question is not able to do that because they have legal responsibilities to the company. So it's great that Liam and Ian would welcome a supporter representative onto the board. Uh, fantastic. It's a, it's a great step forward. It needs to be managed very carefully from everyone involved, from the club and any supporter organisation, and there needs to be realistic expectations from everyone involved. Yeah, it's having um, sort of terms of reference of the of the role and expectations of that role set set in stone, and then and what they are uh, levels of reporting back to the supporter representation, you know, supporters they're representing. Um, so you know, this is stuff that we do all the time. We we develop these memorandums of understanding between um, football clubs and the supporters groups um, that kind of lay out the terms of these of these relationships really, and and how they can move forward to kind of avoid those situations happening. So don't get me wrong, there are situations where um elected fan elected directors on the board work really well. Um, but there are there are ones that don't. It's not there is no one size fits all, but there's a lot to be taken into consideration um 
when you're when you're developing this sort of model. So yeah, again, I was really pleased to hear that they were they were interested uh, in in taking that forward. And again, if you're interested in getting involved with the trust, uh, the sort of the the revival of trust in yellow, um, there's a thread on Port Chat. Um, someone that's taken the lead uh, on there. I think I think we can say as he put his name out. As he say, How, it was, yeah, it was Howard. Yeah, I say I was worried if they put the name out. Howard um, is, is you know like fair play to him brilliant put his head up on the parapet taken the lead on this um so drop him an email if you're interested even if you're not interested in maybe sitting on the board or or doing anything like massively proactive at the moment but just i think it'd be nice for him to know that he's got support and there are people there that are interested in doing it so either add to the thread or drop him an email um one of the other things i did want to quickly touch on uh, i read the um the written responses to the Q and A, and I saw that someone had asked a question about me. I don't didn't wasn't expecting that. Don't know who that was. Um, but uh, and I saw the response, and the question was it was about why why I'd been removed from the duties, but also um, why I wasn't mentioned in the um, statement. Uh, I noticed it, Ian's answer um, again didn't mention me by name or thank me. Um, and you know that's it is disappointing to get to like thirteen years on a, in a role and and not even not even be sort of thanked for for doing it or or even acknowledged in any way. Um, so you know, kind of read into that as you uh, as you guys want to. Really, um, still the, very very disappointed and sad about the whole thing. One of the things on that answer, and, and I I I'm cautious. On, on what I say about it, the, the the response given was that the club had an opportunity in terms of advertising and marketing and things like that, in which case, and given the financial issues at the club that were spelled out so uh, in so much detail, that there can be absolutely no stone left unturned in terms of advertising and marketing the football club, which means email marketing, no excuses anymore. If we're so concerned about that, that has to be done ASAP. If, 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 that's, the, if that's why we're, we're getting rid of volunteers, apparently, then... You know, things like that need to be done ASAP. Um, we need better relations with the with the, the town's local news outlets, um, you know, more so than we do now. And there's so much that can be done that I don't think is being done, if that's the case. One, one thing I did notice in Ben, uh, obviously we went to the pub in Banbury yesterday, uh, the Bell, and it was just like a local pub. Obviously Banbury's grounds right next to their training station, next to this Bell pub. Uh, well, there's many pubs in Banbury, but they actually had a fixture board in the pub, just like a normal independent pub, and it had like a QR code to scan to get tickets, all the social medias, all that sort of stuff, all the fixtures, dates, time, and I thought, if we could get one of them in every pub, that would be fantastic. It's a low-cost thing, and people could go, oh, Southport are playing that day, I might go and watch it. Oh, you know, it, it's one of these things that doesn't cost much, we can do it, and I, I think it's a, a good way to, to get people in, um, really. But yeah, it it's, yeah, it's a really good idea. It's so simple. It doesn't. It costs what whatever printing a card costs. Yeah, it's not how many pubs. It's not exactly. It's not exactly going to break the bank, really. You wouldn't say. And yeah, it was just so simple. He said they got it off the club, that the community advertised the games and all that. It, it, it's just brilliant. Um, and it's it's just simple things like that. I think are just so simple yet so effective. And to be honest, I, I haven't got really too much to add on the Q and A. Um, I think all of you pretty much agree with what you said, and you, you'll put it far more eloquently than I can. Uh, but just a, a few bits to say in terms of wording about ambition, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's difficult because at one point you want to say, probably don't refer to it as we can't really get promoted. But then people will be like, well, you wanted honesty. Well, that's honest. That's honest. I think maybe just. Having honesty, because I think I think massively appreciate honesty. A Q and A is so important. A regular thing, regular interaction, update and support is absolutely vital. But just having fans something to sort of go, you know what, we are progressing in this area. We are progressing in that area. And on the pitch is where, at the end of the day, you see a lot of the results. Because, like I said, all of us will still go whether we're in the Premier League or we're in the Northwest Counties or whatever. I'll still go. I'll still support the team and all that. It's just people who maybe don't go to that many games will really lose hope if we, we start consistently getting poor results. Um, I was speaking to a couple of people at Brackley yesterday in the bar, um, Southport fans, that is. And one thing 
it's just so simple. It has nothing to do with the league. Is how disappointing more than anything this season is that we were out of the cup and out of the trophy within two matches. We lost to Curzon at home, which I'm not going to beat around the bush, is a really gutting result in the trophy. And then we were very unlucky at Darlington. Things like that. If if we um if we'd beaten Darlington, we would have had a huge chance again all the way to playing Ipswich away this season in the FA Cup. That would have completely transformed the season, giving loads of people a lot of hope. We'd have taken thousands down to Ipswich. It would have been absolutely fantastic. And I think things like that are just would really keep you on board. So I think this is a note for next season, really, how much I'd love to at least have a bit of a cup run. I'm not saying we need to get to the third round or anything. But first round is a very achievable aim for someone coming in in the second qualifying. To, let's play a football league club at, at home or preferably away from me anyway. It would be absolutely fantastic. Um, other than that, just a couple of things I'll, I'll mention. I, th- I understand why it was on Zoom. I thought personally I would have liked it to be in person. I feel like you've just got a more coherent Q&A that way. And it would also be a great opportunity to get some money behind the bar or something. If you've done it in the bar or something like that, it could have been quite an easy way. I understand with all the issues and that's another thing. Social media is a very toxic place at the best of times. Criticism is fine. Just sending someone a load of abuse because you don't quite agree with what they say is completely unacceptable. I think we can all agree on that. It's not nice. It's, it's not going to help. It's not going to help anyone just giving someone a load of stick, really. So you've got to be so careful about what you see on social media. But I would have liked it to be in person, personally. Again, I think that kind of maybe my question slightly got misinterpreted, the one I put in, which was disappointing as well. And if it had been in person, would have been able to clarify that. But I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, we all understand the difficulties the club faces. There's plenty of clubs in similar boats, possibly even worse um, at the end of the day. But you just got to keep supporting the club, whether that's going to a couple of home games a season when you can get there or travelling stupid hundreds of miles to watch us. All the support is absolutely valuable. And you'll look back on the difficult time when we're doing well and it'll be so easy to watch us week in, week out. Just to kind of touch on what you said about, you know, wishing it was live. And I could be wrong. So Mr. Hayes might have to correct me here on this assumption. But am I right in saying that Ian Kyle is the first and only owner in Southport FC's entire history to not hold an AGM? As far as I'm aware, yes. Just think that we we're missing an opportunity to engage with people um and it's the first time we've we've never done it i don't understand i just don't understand why but I, my, my impression from from the interview really um like i say I've, I've 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 ranted on the forum a fair bit is ian ian seems a bit bruised by by criticism at the moment I, and i get it i i i don't think i'd like that sort of level of criticism and critique aimed at me either um but ultimately, you've got a you've got a choice in how you respond to to getting criticism. You you can either choose to ignore it, you can take your ball home and you know disappear, or or you can or you can try and uh, try and address it because a lot of criticism is usually born out of ignorance, isn't it? People criticise because they don't understand the situation, and that's when when people feel bruised. It's because they think it's unfair. So I think in a way, a Q and A is a credible way to try and address that. So I think kudos for actually being prepared to answer questions i, I can't I, I do get the it may have been better face to face but i i you know if if ian's feeling got at then then yeah okay i can understand why you perhaps wouldn't want to do that what what i would want to say though in in a way whether it's any reassurance it probably isn't but you know the football club's existed for 135 years and it's had plenty of people in charge and own who owned the club over that time and you can pretty much guarantee that every single owner and every single manager that's ever been involved with the club at you know throughout its history at some time has had people criticizing what they what they do telling them to go you know doing all of that stuff and it's not unique so I, what i'm trying to say really is yes there might be people who have who have who have said they want them to go whatever it, it's not really personal i think it's just the fact that you're the person there at the moment and if there is dissatisfaction in the way that the team is performing and the way that the club is progressing you are naturally going to get the brunt of that criticism from people because you're the person at the top. Um, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, aimed at you as a person. I think it's just the fact that that's the position that you're in. And when you're, when you're involved in a football club, naturally you're going to get flack that's come, that, that comes with it. But like I say, a lot of the time that criticism is born out of ignorance. I've probably given you criticism myself, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the past six months or so that it's probably born out of ignorance from me too. Um, but 
you know, credit for, for actually to, for fronting up for it. And, and I think there will be plenty of people that, if this dialogue stays open, will be, will be happy to engage with you even more in, in, in future. And um, the one thing I'm, I'm pleased about, really, is that the club are actually managing expectations. Uh, and they might not be great. You know, expectations might have been that we were aiming for promotion all that. We might come away now going, oh, we're not. But to be honest, I'd rather know the situation than have someone taking me for a ride, telling me we're going to do something when we're, when we're not. Um, and what what I want to get out of these Q&A sessions, and I think what a lot of people want to get out of them really is, the situation's bleak. Yeah, okay, I get that. But what are we doing about it? And the, and the one crumb of comfort that I took from it was that we've identified commercial income as an issue. And you've told us what you're doing about it. You've brought Steve Brown back. So good. That's the sort of thing I want to hear. You know, so if you say marketing's an issue, how are we addressing it? We you know Sandgrounder Radio might be a start, but with all due respect to Sandgrounder Radio, they haven't got a big listening figures. They're a DAB only local radio station. That's only going to target, you know, very small section of our community. So what else are we doing? And I'm I'm not expecting the board to have all the answers, but I think it is reasonable to expect that they're going to have more answers than the fans because they are the people running the football club. So I don't think it's it's um, it's wrong for supporters to expect that the board have got an idea of how they're going to address the problems and to ask what that is. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. Yeah, Danny, you took a few of the words. For me, this is the first step. It's the first step towards engagement. It's a positive step in that respect. Yeah, things are, are obviously not how any of us would want them to be on or off the pitch at the moment. Um and and a lot depends on how we move on, how it moves forward from here. But yeah, positive step, um, in a in a very downbeat, un- understandably downbeat way. Uh, I'm quite conscious of time, so I'm just going to clarify this as, as fast as I can, and then we'll move on uh, to some community news. Um, there was a question asked about away travel. Um, obviously, the guys really answered with. It, it should fall to the supporters trust. Yep. Okay. Fair play. Um. Obviously, I ran the coaches last season with Josh and Rob and Rich. Uh. For a time being, uh. The coaches. The current situation with the coaches is it's bleak. It's not good. Um. We did have a relationship with uh, a local company who, after the Cholians and all that sort of stuff, decided that they didn't want to do it anymore because they could get jobs that were a lot safer and a lot more sort of stress, a lot less stress for them. Um, so they decided that to move on, but the the actual market is very volatile at the moment. Like it was, I reckon if we'd have used the same coach company that we started the season off with, we'd be all spending forty quid each to go to Brackley yesterday, and that's if we got sixteen people, which I doubt we would have got to go that long journey um, tomorrow. So I'd just like to say that the current situation with the coaches is it, it's not happening. And for me, on a personal level, I did it voluntarily. It's only volunteer, you know. The, a common misconception is that when the coaches went, didn't break even or didn't make any money, that it was the the club that forked out and paid. Uh, but no, it was actually, you know, off profit and loss off me. Sometimes someone you won on, some you lost on. We relied on a lot of donations um, from players, dads, people like Richard Bainbridge. Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name, uh, and people like Paul from Pine Tree Garden Maintenance that even paid for the Bradford Park Avenue bus, which you're very grateful for. Um, but I'd just like to say that, okay, at the moment, you know, for me, it was a lot of stress. I wouldn't mind doing it again, but I need to have some proper prices. I need to get some proper demand for it uh, in order to do it. And we need to find a, another bus company. But to say that for me, that it's falls to the supporters clubs a bit weak, considering we don't have one at the moment that's active. And I think it should be something the club sort out. I, did offer to do it with them uh, officially and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think anything ever came out of that. So we'll have to see, uh, and hopefully some, once the sports club has been running, we can get behind. And I've always said I don't mind helping out with that sort of stuff, but to spend, you know, I paid £46 for my train yesterday. It would have been 40 quid each on the coach. For added stress, and I have to make sure people get on the coach and make sure we don't get bricked again, it's not worth it for me. At the moment, and the current prices are not worth it for me. Uh, and also, we've got no money left, so we're rating. Uh, and hopefully, once sports clubs back up and running, it's something we can sort out. But I think a bit of more help from the club, and a bit more—I mean, you know—a bit more direction would be would be nice. And a sort of a way, even where you could book coach tickets using the the shop feature on the club website, would be lovely. Uh, and something like that would be fantastic. But 
I think we'll move on because I've said too much there and we're a bit struck for time. So I'm going to move on to Noel uh, with some community news uh, this week. Son's jingle once again. One day, <laughs> one day. One um, day, so mate. One day, right. For well done to the players of the week, uh, Harry, George, Connor, Connor, uh, Leon, Flynn, Andre, Henry, Anderson, James, Mel, and also the whole under-10s whites team. Um, a big well done to the under-7s and the under-8s for their excellent performances on finals day today. They didn't manage to get into the uh, last stages, the um, the the runners up and the uh, and the winners, but um, both teams performed exceptionally. They've done fantastically to even get here uh, and perform really, really well. Had positive results and positive performances on the day. Um, so a big well done to both teams and their coaches and and, and everyone involved. And um, you know this is just part of the start of the journey. This is just the start of the start of the journey for these teams. Uh, and obviously next time. Um, just look to go one better, but well done to all the teams, the coaches, and the supporters. On to the women, the game that Dan couldn't be bothered getting out of bed for. Um, and Dan still hasn't seen us win in 90 minutes because he didn't come today. <laughs> um, a really positive, a really excellent performance right from the start. We had a great 4-1 win against an excellent Warrington Wolves side, really, really strong side, um, who you know, played a really positive part in, in what was an entertaining game. Um First goal um, was it five minutes, and it was a first ever goal for the Yellows for Maddie Burgess, and what a goal it was! Um, great work down the right hand side um, from from a number of players. It came to Cara Gregory. She played it inside to to Maddie, uh, and Maddie took one touch and literally hit it thirty yards. Top bins, off you go! Uh, absolutely brilliant way to uh, to mark your first goal for the. Club second goal uh, followed on about the eleventh minute. It was a great team move um, involving quite a number of players. It culminated in Georgia Davis putting a ball to the back post. Um, had a couple of players waiting there, and Ashley Bibby took a touch and fired it into the corner uh, to make it two nil. Um, the Yellows had plenty of chances to increase their lead in the first half. Chances for uh, Ashley Bibby. But Charlotte Ross, Georgia Davis, Emily Norcross making her first appearance of the calendar year. She made a big difference. Uh, I know Dan knows Emily really well. She had a great game today. First game back uh, in three months, really, just just down to work. But she was a, a big positive uh, presence. Um, but um, Warrington posed a threat with their quick and skillful forwards. But it was 2-0 at halftime. And then shortly after halftime, it was 3-0. Uh, fantastic three ball. Charlotte Ross took it on. Keeper, who was their player of the match, uh, Olivia Brearley, she she had a brilliant game for them. She made a great save. But following up was the perpetual motion machine herself, Sophie Burney, the skipper, never stops running as she um, was able to follow up on the uh, save and tap it into the unguarded net. That was 3-0. But shortly afterwards, uh, Warrington cut the arrears with a really well-taken goal, a good Moved down their left-hand side, just managed to um, get one player over, and it was a really good finish pass uh, to Mika Birch in goal. Absolutely no chance, and that just um, added a bit of the tension. The home side dominated, but just weren't able to get that killer goal until about twelve minutes from twelve thirteen minutes from time. Um, it was a um, really good work again from Cara Gregory. She did really well to um, chase a lost cause, get a ball back to to Sophie Burney. And she crossed in. Great header from Ashley Bibby, 4-1. Um, really excellent team performance. Some some superb displays. Got to uh, say a big shout out to Nicole Power, who played out of position in the back three because um, we were missing a few defenders and, and really put in an excellent display for the team. Um, just really strong right across the pitch. All 15 players are exceptional. Player of the match, though, was um, that film star herself, Mel Gibson. Um absolutely superb display in midfield and, and to be fair I thought she was the best player on the pitch the opposition thought she was the best player on the pitch just a real quality quality display um so gets us back to winning ways um gets us back uh, into a winning run so and, and obviously still leaves the um destination of the league title in our hands we now take a little break from league action it's back in cup action starting next um sunday we're at home again. We've got a big run of home fixtures, so hoping that plenty of Southport fans are going to be able to get down to Holsall to, to give the girls some support. And it's home to Formby Community, so a bit of a local derby uh, in the League Cup, and that's a two o'clock kickoff. 
Um, and it'd be great. I'll be uh, winging it back from London, especially for that game. Looking forward to it. Um, and next week, I'm going to be previewing two games. Well, you've got two games in a week. Got uh, quite a lot of that coming up, a bit like the um, men's side. But no, really positive weekend. Uh, absolutely delighted with the women uh, th- th- today. Really, really happy. Academy update. Their next game is this Wednesday. Um, they're away against Stephen Gerrard Academy Team 2. And that's at Heron Eccles in South Liverpool, up in Allerton, a two o'clock kickoff. Any support, I'm sure, will be greatly appreciated. And that is that for the Jingleless Community News. <laughs> Thanks, Noel, for that. Uh, on to our game. We are back in league action on Tuesday. We host one of one of my favourite clubs in this league for their fan base alone, and they're just genuinely quite nice, quite nice people. Uh, it's and they have the coolest name in the league. I think Blythe Spans. Like, sounds amazing. But Dan, I believe we have met these before. We have. We've faced Blythe on 18 occasions, winning 10 and losing 8. At home, we've won 5 out of 8. The first time we met was in 1992 uh, in the FA Cup, away from home. Uh, That was a 2-1 win. Um, And the last time we met, we lost 1-0 at the end of January this year. That was also away. Uh, Former players to play for both clubs include Joe Bainbridge, Wally Briggs, Alan Campbell, Jimmy Clough, Lee Ellison, Harry Hawkins and Joe Rutherford. Um, And I won't state the obvious statistic that if we've won 10 and lost 8 of 18... There is one stat do it. that has don't never you, happened. Don't you dare. Oh, there we so, go. Um, oh. So I will leave you to draw your own conclusions. Oh, draw your own conclusions. I see what you did there, Dan. I see what you did there. I never said it. I never said it. No, well, uh, yeah. Uh, Jay, form? They're in 21st. Thanks, Dan. Next. <laughs> Great. Ref watch. <laughs> yes. Come on, it's, it's ref watch time. And here oh, we go, here we go. This week, because it is Mr. Gareth Thomas who is in charge for this one. Isn't he a rugby player? Oh, I think it might be a is. different one, though. Oh, you, and your, you and your rugby, and you know what? And I've noticed halfway through as well, he's wearing a rugby top. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've found you. Ah. Out, so. oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. One of us. One of us. I'm wearing a Southport rugby top. Did you write a At book least, on them? I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never know. Um, oh, with the yeah. with the anniversary badge as well. Oof. Oh, yes, the heritage, heritage shirt. This one. Did you tell them the anniversary's wrong? No. Howard. <laughs> Howard. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike. Sorry, ref watch. Sorry, pal. I know. Yeah, you ruined ref watch. Now this is the big spectacle. It got completely interrupted by rugby chat. Unbelievable. And this is what everyone is. listens for as well, just to hear who the referee is. Yeah, yeah, because to be honest, I wish he was a rugby player because it is Mr. Gareth Thomas uh, who was refereeing was on Tuesday. 15 National League North games so far um, and given a huge 62 cards. And oh boy, we've had him before this season. Um, he has been a resident name of Blackwell Meadows for our two games against Darlington uh, this season. Oh, first on the no. September in the FA Cup for the 3-2. Sending off Carberry for, and thanks Dan for sending this to me, uh, denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity was uh, how it was phrased, or um, as it's more well-known in Southport, a Darlington player falling over their own feet uh, in the box. And he also refereed on 31st January, our goal was nil-nil draw um, away again at Darlington, and he wasn't too bad. So hopefully he has a good game there. I hear, Mike, that we bit of a rumour uh, that you presented before that a friend of the pod Maybe Reiki return to Hey Gav in a few weeks' time, refereeing a game. But oh, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. We'll, we'll keep it. Yeah, no spoilers. We'll keep. We'll keep no that spoilers. on the wraps. You'll be able to guess no who spoilers. it is, and it's not. It's not the Italian one. Oh. For anyone guessing which other ref? Oh. Oh. Not it's him. Like the Italian it's the, one. It's the other one that we don't oh. like. Uh, oh Dick. no! Yeah, that one. It's that Dick. One. It is Dick. <laughs> it is Dick. It is Dick. Right. Right, key on for time, key in for time. It's time. We have a quarter to eight kickoff on Tuesday night at Haygarth under lights. It is a relegation six-pointer is what I'm billing it as because, I mean, I think our next two home games against Blythe and against Boston are massive, massive games. So if you can, get down to Haygarth, make some noise. Let's get as many people there as possible and let's let's suck the ball into the back of the net to sort of go for an old Everton phrase there, which no one will like. Uh, right. Refreshments. 
the bar's open. Uh, no, so it's the lounge, the 1881 lounge. Sorry, it's open. I, I, sorry, I, I worded that wrong there. Uh, it's open at five o'clock towards kickoff. You can buy a ticket in the bar. If you're out oh, the lounge, sorry, if you're not a season ticket holder, the farmhouse kitchen is doing food, um, so which are excellent. I think you had a bit of did you have a sausage roll last week, Nick? And... Oh, I love the sausage rolls. I love the sausage. Oh, but there they were doing go. cottage. They were doing cottage pie as well. Oh, they they, were. Honestly, it's well worth it. Oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah very, very good. Mm. Uh, yep. Also, uh, I don't think there's any train strikes. So you shouldn't have any difficulties getting on the train. It's the usual ticket prices. You know the drill. You can buy in the club shop in the uh, 1881 lounge or online on southportfc.net. Uh, there is no car park at Haygarth, as we mentioned every you week know, in this Dan. podcast. We, we mentioned this. We know, park on, the surra- park on the surrounding roads. We know, Dan. Stuff. Yeah, we know, we know, we know. Don't be a dick. And yeah, come the game. Oh, and make sure you're not in the old uh, popular stand. Oh, sorry. What did you call it? Now, hang on a minute. This could. This is called oh, a debate in our group chat oh, this week. No. A massive debate. Do you see this how red that clock is? Do you see this debate? How much of this is getting well, caught? Next week. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next, I will do add, it next week. I will add a very quick one. I will add a very quick one because there's there's, there's something that used to be in your key info that now isn't that I'm missing, right? No, I've, I was about to do it after this. Bit. No, no. I thoroughly enjoyed you telling us what the pitch surface was. Like, you're not going to tell us that Hague <laughs> Avenue is a grass pitch, you know? Well, well, <laughs> it's whether it should be a grass pitch. Oh, oh God, no. No, we haven't. No, it, sh- no it shouldn't. No, shut up, Mike. Also, no. also, <laughs> also Brackley didn't have uh, names on the back of their shirts on Saturday. And they're third oh, in the we haven't league, got time so for that either. <laughs> <laughs> and they're third in the league, so what does that tell you? Uh yeah, don't be a dick as well. well That's the think most of all, important no, but What it tells you is think of all the money they've saved on that printing and they bought some people that can money. score goals. Right? Well, there we are. Like thing you designed. I forgot who he was because he didn't do anything. He gave away a five free kick. Uh, right, then on to some predictions for this game. I'll start with Noel. All right, I've got to have a think, have I? Uh, um, do you know what? Let's get behind the boys. 1-0 win to the port. Onwards and upwards. Uh, Dan? Um, it'd be a draw. one all. Oh, what a prediction. Because we've obviously never... Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that. Uh, Mike? Um, well, my predictions are going well today because, spoilers, I nearly put a bet on Man United to win the league at half four this afternoon. So <laughs> I'm also going to go for a draw because then it definitely won't be a draw. I think it's going to be four all or something. Four all. Absolute madman. Jay? Oh, I I I predict football will be the winner. Right. Okay. Nick. <laughs> um. I mean, they haven't lost in the last five matches. Um, and they're scoring. They've scored in four goals in five matches. We haven't kept a clean sheet in five matches or scored in our last four matches. I mean, the the, the kind of the form does Nick in my indicate. Bit. No, the form well, is the twenty first. That was the form. Yeah. I mean, you had your you had your chance to to reel out these stats, Cave. Uh, I'm trying to bring us back into line with the almighty clock. All right. right? Well, I'm sorry about the clock. I'm I'm going to have to be the voice of realism. I I I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think it's going to be, and they're going to be pushing because they're 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 down there. Um, so I think it might be a one nil loss. I'm sure if we play well, we'll be all right. Well, that's all that matters. Well, that's all that matters. I think we'll win one now because we'll be urged on by the Jack Carr to win that game. Uh, just a reminder of our competition that we're running. Uh, Dan, the, yeah, the clues the, for this week? Give you the three clues quickly then. As an international footballer, he holds a unique record for his country that can never be beaten. Uh, in a domestic or major domestic cup competition, he also holds two unique records, neither of which to date have been beaten. And the last one, he is so revered by one of his former clubs, there is a statue outside the ground. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Port Chat podcast. If you have been affected by some of the themes in this podcast, please go and find some help and let us know where to find it. Because we all need a cure, and especially me and Mike, who went to Brackley on Saturday and go for all these trips just on, you know, off our own back. Uh, if it is your first time listening, don't forget to drop us a follow on all our socials. Sign up to the forums to have your say on the matters we've uh, obviously discussed. Thank you so much for your messages of, you know, massive sort of like encouragement and sort of 
thanks for doing the podcast. It's, it's really nice to hear. Also, thanks to our sponsors back in Berlin as well. Uh, so, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Port Chat Podcast, containing all the news, reviews, and previews for next week. Make sure you get down to Hey Gavin Tuesday to roll the boys on and up the port. <laughs>